0: This is the the Devil's State State of Mind Mind Podcast. Podcast. Brought to you by the Hockey hockey Podcast podcast. Network. Now here's here's your host, 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 Neil Neil Villapiano. What is going on, Devil's fans? It is, once again, as always, your host, your boy, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, as well as Sportswire Radio, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you're having a tremendous, fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode, Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. you always know that I greatly, greatly appreciate it. We are now getting close. We're getting closer and closer to the end of July and heading into August. And obviously, with everything that had happened the previous week with free agency and several trades as well, you would think and you would expect that a good amount of NHL news would be very, very quiet. In other words, there either wouldn't, there just wouldn't be a whole lot going on, or if there were any moves, they weren't going to be major ones. Now, granted, there are still some pretty high, well-known free agents that have yet to sign with a new team. So that's uh, that's something that we still have to wait on and see what happens. But as far as from the Devils' perspective, they were able to make a couple of moves, uh, more or more or less... You just get one major signing, which I think was important. Uh, we're also going to speak about Johnny Gaudreau's um, interview that he did for Spit and Chiclets on Barstool Sports the, um, a couple of days ago, and then we're going to end this episode with some pretty, pretty big breaking news um, involving a top player from Calgary that very well looks like he is on his way out. Of Calgary and the devils could potentially be a team that that could uh make a run at his services so even though it's not a whole lot today we still have a bunch to get to here on the devil's state of mind podcast so let's not waste any more time and get rolling so let's start off with uh with the Devils, uh, with the Devils' news, news confirmed news. Uh, earlier this week, the Devils announced the signing of restricted free agent net minor vtech Vanacek to a new contract. His contract will be for three years at ten point two million dollars, and his average annual value will be exactly three point four million. Now, here is how the breakdown for each year goes. So, in two thousand twenty-three. Vanacek will earn 3550000 Uh in 2023-24. He'll earn $3.75 million. And in 2024-25, he will earn 3750000 and in 2024 25 he will earn 2900000 it has been kind of interesting to see how the Devils have worked out these contracts um, with some of the players that they've been able to uh, acquire. Now, obviously, the John Marino contract, that's, the, you know, the Devils are just paying whatever the Penguins gave them originally in the contract breakdown as follows. But we talked about in the last episode, recapping free agency and everything like that. We talked about the Andre Pilat deal and how it's very much where he's not making a huge amount of money early on, but later on in his contract, he will It's kind of like backloading the contract and it's uh, he's not making the same amount each year, but when you, and you look at Vanacek's, uh contract, it's kind of the same thing. So, I mean, that's why, again, the average um, annual value for, Vanacek is at $3.4 million, which I think makes um, a lot of sense. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Vanacek was acquired, was acquired by the New Jersey Devils back on July 8, the uh, day two of the NHL draft, along with Washington's number 46 overall selection, which the Devils used to select defenseman Seamus Casey in the 2022 NHL draft. And for the Capitals, uh, in exchange for check in that pick, they got the Devils' number 37th overall pick, which they used to select Ryan Chesley. And number 70, in which they took a player by the name of Alexander Zizdalev, also in the 2022 draft. And that's, again, why I was, like, so surprised. Um, and we got even more surprised with the fact that the Capitals ended up letting um, Ilya Samsonov walk. I mean, they didn't even qualify him. They didn't even decide to bring him back. They completely decided that they were going to revamp their goaltending. They got Darcy Kemper in the fold. Not sure exactly what they're going to do with the backup position, but obviously doesn't really affect the Devils that much. But getting Vanecek I, again, I think was a very solid pick. Um, obviously, the Devils knew that they had to re-sign him since he was a restricted free agent uh, going into this offseason, and the Devils were able to get a, a, a very solid deal done. And I think that was really, really good. Uh, one thing that we all learned um, from Vitek Vanacek, uh when he spoke to the media on Tuesday, Tuesday uh, afternoon, he said that he found out he got traded during his wedding because he has just gotten married. So congratulations, first and foremost, to Vanacek on getting married. Um, but, yeah, he found out. Uh, while he was getting married, so it was kind of like a very, um, very interesting way to get uh notified that you have been uh you have been traded. But Vanachek, like a lot of guys would normally do, was just speaking about how he's looking forward to coming to New Jersey and beginning a new part of his career. He uh he's also spoken about that he's looking forward to competing with Mackenzie Blackwood and feels that. By them competing against one another, it's only going to make both of them better and make the tandem as a whole that much better. I don't know if Tom Fitzgerald has spoken to Mackenzie Blackwood since the trade or how many times has he really spoken to him since since the offseason began. I'm sure Blackwood, like everybody else, is fully aware of the situation and fully aware of where the devils really look at him and where, you know, a lot of the outside media, like myself and uh, other people, we all look at him. Um, So that's kind of um, that's kind of something to uh, to keep in mind, you know with regards to when Blackwood does get here? Because I I honestly think the first time we're going to hear from him is when the team reports to training camp in a couple of months. Um, I doubt that anything will happen uh, prior to that. But as I always say, you never really know, right? Um, But yeah, I think when you look at this contract, right, you look at it, it's it's three years. There's no trade clause, nothing like that. It's a simple three-year deal at $10.2 million. What that tells me is simply that the Devils expect Vanacek to be somebody that, that can be here for a while um, and that could certainly help the team uh, be competitive and moving forward. I think if everything falls into place, right, I think if we can really, really sell everything out, I think that having a tandem of Vanacek and Blackwood, I think will be a very, very solid one because I've talked about before where the NHL game is different than what it was in the past, where, you know, and what I mean by that simply is that um, You are not going to be able to win Stanley Cups and more than one if your goaltender is playing 60 plus games a season. Um, You need to have a reliable backup goaltender to help you um, in the regular season and even help you in the playoffs. I use the Colorado Avalanche as a really good example. Look at Darcy Kemper. Kemper got hurt. You know, hurt his eye in the first round against Nashville. And then you had Pavel Francois come in for a, a, a truckload of games. And Frankie did a really, really good job and won a lot of games. Granted, he didn't have the greatest performances, but he played well enough to get the team um, to, to help the team win more. And that's, again, my point about how you need to feel good about both net minders, regardless of which one is a net. You have to feel good about both. And obviously we will burn the bridge when we get to it, when it comes to Jonathan Bernier. Um, I think the expectation should be that Jonathan Bernier will probably be put on long-term IR. Um, I'm sure that Fitzgerald will try to contact Bernier in the relatively near future to kind of see where he's at and see the situation there. Um, I think once Jonathan Bernier does come back, if and when he's fully healthy, Um, I I don't see the Devils carrying three net miners. I see Bernier being a guy that could potentially just get cut. I could see him being a guy that could get traded for a low tier pick or something like that to a team that could certainly play him. Um, These are Options, but it will get interesting once uh Bernier comes back. If he does, I mean, because for all we know, Jonathan Bernier may be trying, um, you know, throughout the offseason to get himself going, and maybe he just uh gets to the point where he doesn't feel like he can continue to play and kind of go from there. I know when you look at a guy like Braden Holtby, um, he notified a lot of teams, he notified everybody that uh, he does he really doesn't have tensions to play, and it sounds like he's leaning more towards retirement. Um, with him dealing with injuries. Um, I just don't know what the situation is with Jonathan Bernier. But as far as as far as far we certainly know now, Vanichek and Blackwood will be our tandem once the season gets underway. And we're hoping for it. And uh, I'm glad the Devils were able to work out a deal in which Vanichek is here for a while. And I'll be honest with you, even if it doesn't work, uh, $3.4 million may not be the worst thing in the world. But again, We know that Tom Fitzgerald has tried almost every single thing possible to try to get the goaltending to be even just average to even above average um, since he took over. And uh, we're all hoping that Vanacek could finally be the answer that we're looking for. And we're also hoping that Blackwood can get back to the level he was at a few years ago, which I think he's capable of doing that. And the hope is is that he comes into next uh, training camp Fully healthy, which is what Fitzgerald said to said to the media. He said that he's healthy and he's ready to go. Um, and uh, hopefully uh, both guys can come in and play at a high level and help us win, because that's really the main thing of it. But again, to get back to the main point here, the Devils signed their newly acquired goaltender Vitek Vanacek, who was a restricted free agent to a new contract three years at $10.2 million. With an average annual value of 3.4 million, so VTech Vanacek now is officially a New Jersey Devil. So I know that this doesn't really matter at this point, um, considering everything that happened, and obviously we're focusing on the Devils. But I did. Want, I feel like it, it wouldn't have been good if I didn't bring this up and talk about it. Um, earlier this week, Johnny Gaudreau was on Spitting Chicklets with Whitney and Bissonette, and all those guys. Um, it's, you know Obviously, it's a Barstool Sports um, podcast, very popular. I think it might actually be, overall, the most popular hockey podcast in the world, um, which honestly doesn't surprise me, considering it's Barstool, and considering the amount of people that uh, talk about and listen to that podcast. But anyway, um, I remember and Chicklets had put out a tweet um, the night before, which I think was Sunday night, and they said that you don't want to miss the next episode of spit and chiclets with our special guest and then under it it was especially Devil spans so i think at first i kind of thought that maybe it was it was like andre Pilat or even like martin bourdier i thought that was probably what it was but then we found out that spit and chiclets had spoken to johnny Gaudreau. and of course they would not be doing their job if they did not ask johnny Gaudreau about the behind the scenes process of free agency back uh, the previous Wednesday afternoon into the evening. Um, And what, what Goudreau said, just, you know, I don't really know how exactly to, um, to react to it other than uh, simply that, again, it just goes off of the fact that Johnny Goudreau didn't want to be here. So the, the quote that we got, from Johnny Gaudreau was, quote, I was trying to get a deal done with the Devils, then Columbus called. I was like, I want to go there. My agent got it done. Um, And, you know, Gaudreau would go on to say a bunch of other stuff about the whole free agency process. And I mean, he also said, look, for a long time, it really was just two teams. And at first he didn't uh, mention who those two teams were, but we all knew exactly who those two teams were. Uh, Gaudreau also said, which was kind of a head-scratcher thing to say, that he wanted to be closer to home, but not close enough where he's bombarded by family and friends. So he ended up going to Columbus, which is about a six-hour drive from Salem, New Jersey, and about an hour and a half plane plane ride. Um, So there's that, but that is definitely another like interesting head scratching thing. To this whole thing about how Gaudreau wanted to be closer to home, but not too close to home. Um, And I guess the you know playing in Newark, which is about two hours away from uh, Salem, is too close. Same thing with uh, same thing with the Islanders. But again, what would have happened if the Philadelphia Flyers? Um, had offered him a deal. I think he would have gotten there. And this is where I think that Goudreau is trying to cover up um, or backtrack uh, and or defend what, you know, the decision that he made to go to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, But this also kind of goes off of what um, Tom Fitzgerald had said to the media when he talked about Johnny Goudreau, when he said that he felt at one point during last Wednesday, he felt pretty good that Johnny Goudreau would be, a uh, New Jersey Devil, and this was probably around. Now that we're figuring out the timing and figuring out that Johnny Gaudreau said around four is when Columbus called and made an offer, I think that this was probably around between two thirty to three forty-five that uh, Gaudreau and the Devils were talking a lot, and that they were probably setting up a deal and getting ready to sign it, and then Columbus jumped in with an offer. And again. This just goes off of the fact that Johnny Gaudreau didn't really did not want to be a New Jersey Devil, and that he was just reluctant to do so. He was just accepting, okay, this is where I'm going to have to go, because I don't have any other really good options. Because the Islanders, while you could look at it from just recency, you know recency that they have had more success. Two of the last three years being in the uh, conference finals, um, but the Devils have more money and they have a young team and all that stuff that we've talked about numerous times uh but johnny gaudreau he spoke about that he was relieved in a way that columbus called which again is a shot to the devils and the islanders as well that at the end of the day johnny gaudreau deep down inside did not want to go to one of those teams if the flyers had made an offer he would have been there but then columbus called gave him a last minute offer even really not last minute, because there was no deadline um, to him signing any sort of deal. He could have waited till the very next day to do anything. Um, But he saw that Columbus made an offer and he told his agent to, by any means necessary, get a deal done. Um, And and yeah, obviously, uh, the Devils offer reportedly uh, was less than what Columbus offered. So that could have been another reason, just the fact that Columbus offered a little bit more money than the Devils did. But I think, again, the whole main idea of this entire situation is simply that Johnny Gaudreau, when he went into free agency, was hoping that the Philadelphia Flyers would would find a way to move around enough money to afford him, and then they could sign him to a long-term deal. Once it was made clear, and it was pretty clear early on in the day prior to the beginning of free agency, that the Flyers really were just not going to be able to afford him and come close to it, then Johnny Gaudreau at that moment prior, you know, without realizing that Columbus was interested, knew that the Devils and Islanders were the only two options that he had. And then he knew the Devils probably at that moment were the best offer and best uh, team to potentially go to. But then again, Columbus jumped in, offered and Johnny Gaudreau took what he felt was the next best thing. And this is where, again, I say to all of you that, Johnny Gaudreau is not the be-all end-all. Are we disappointed? Yes. Are we upset? Yes. Are we pissed off? Yes. Are we annoyed that we ended up getting outbid by Columbus? Yes. All of this stuff is true. All this stuff is completely true. But also at the end of the day, I think the Devils personally dodged a bullet because we would have ended up signing, yes, a superstar and a tremendous player in his own right, but a disgruntled one, i.e. a guy that probably wasn't going to be totally thrilled to be here in the first place. Now, things could change if the Devils started winning and things like that. But he really just off the bat didn't want to. And I wondered to myself, how much did Tom Fitzgerald know about that? How much of a feeling did Tom Pichot get that Gaudreau really wasn't that fully excited to be a New Jersey Devil? And that's where the Devils have to continue to build this team, start winning games, like beginning this year, and really start to make the Devils a much more attractive spot for free agents. And I've said it once, I've I've said it 20,000 times over the last two weeks, but I'll say it again. Just look at the potential of options that we could have in 2023 and 2024 when it comes to free agents and also trades as well, because you never know who could get traded. Um, the Devils will have many more opportunities in the very near future to acquire top tier talent. And we also still have a lot of prospects coming up that have yet to play, have full time playing in the NHL that once that that will get an opportunity to really perform. They have a lot of talent. And who knows, maybe Alexander Holtz becomes that guy that we've been looking for the last couple of years, that that top goal scoring Um you know, a uh, top six winger. That's really what we're we're all looking for, and um, that's another reason why I think the Devils are probably done when it comes to making major moves. But they may not, considering the next topic we will discuss in a few short moments. But again, the bottom line with this situation is that Johnny Gaudreau spoke, and he basically, when he talked about it from the Devils' perspective, yeah he kind of gone off the same thing Fitzgerald said they were pretty much certain that a deal was going to get done. And that was that. And then Columbus came in the drove He finally found an opportunity to not go to the devils and also not go to the Islanders. And he went to Columbus where he could be in a uh, smaller market. Um, a, a, you know, not a pressure packed market, a place where family and friends don't have to travel too far to go see him play and all of that stuff. So Nothing that Gaudreau said really surprised me. And at the end of the day, um, we just have to keep moving forward and continue to make the Devils and make New Jersey a more attractive place for top free agents, for people that really want to be here. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You could throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, and MMA, and much more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use our promo code THPN to make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions reply. See show notes for details. So now we go to the last, and this is the the major topic of today's episode, and that is talking about another Calgary Flames star, and this one is Matthew Kachuk. And this is somebody that we've talked about before, but now over the last 24 to 48 hours, things have really, really picked up. Eric Francis of Sportsnet, who also covers the Calgary Flames, he said in his latest column that, quote, it's clear that the Calgary Flames and Matthew Kachuk are parting ways, end quote. Then also um, Jeremy Rutherford, who covers the St. Louis Blues, he put out an article for The Athletic saying that Matthew Kachuk spoke to Calgary, and although Calgary offered him an eight-year extension at, I think, almost $11.5 million, $12 million, that Matthew Kuchuk has no intention to playing for the Calgary Flames anymore, that he saw what happened with the Johnny Gaudreau situation and does not like where the Calgary Flames are going and wants to move on to another team. Uh, Eric Francis also said, that he expects a Matthew Kuchuk trade to happen within the week. So for all we know at the time that you guys are listening to this a trade might have already happened. Um, but it's very clear that Matthew Kachuk and the Calgary flames are going to separate before this season began. Now, uh more stuff came out later on that uh Eric Francis then later said wasn't true about the teams that uh Matthew Kuchuk is most interested in going to and things like that. Uh one of them was St. Louis Blues, Vegas Golden Knights, as well. A couple of other teams um right then and there. Uh, but there are three teams, in my opinion, that make the most amount of sense financially, is and also as well as just you know playing style and things like that. The Ottawa Senators, the St. Louis Blues, and the New Jersey Devils. So let's talk about really quickly the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa has a very impressive up-and-coming core with guys like Drake Batherson and also um, Tim Stutzla, and they just acquired Alex Debrinket, and they also signed Claude Giroux. They have a really, really exciting team going into the season, a team that maybe could be one of the bigger surprises in the NHL. I mean, they've really, really done a good job of building it. Um, and the other big thing that is the most obvious is Matthew Kachuk's brother, Brady Kachuk, is in, is in Ottawa and playing there, and he's going to be there long term. Um But there have been some reports that have come out that said Matthew Kachuk just doesn't want to play in Canada anymore. And obviously going to Ottawa, you know, he would obviously be playing with his brother, but he'd still be playing in Canada. And who knows how much of a desire both Brady and Matt actually have to want to play together. I wouldn't be surprised at some point they did play with one another. Um, And I think the other thing with Ottawa is this, and I saw this uh, when some Ottawa fans came in and were talking um, on one of the tweets that I put out about uh, trades, mock trades for Matthew Kachuk from a devil's perspective, um, that the senators really right now are very set on what they have. They're not looking to add a, a top six scoring winger. They're looking to add some veteran defense and go from there. And also the package that they would have to give up for Matthew Kachuk would end up probably knocking down a good chunk of the core that they literally just built. Some people are saying like, "Oh, maybe they should trade to bring it." Why? You just acquired this man, like you know, it's it's kind of ridiculous. So, although Ottawa is an option and from and it's a good option from some of the things I said, it's just realistically I, I don't see it. I don't see Ottawa making a huge push for them. Now, the St. Louis Blues, to me, one hundred percent, this is the this is this is the move that makes the most amount of sense of any team of Any team, uh, St. Louis team is a cap. The team is capable of winning right now. They are, they. they it's not too long ago they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, this is still a team that can be very, very competitive. And also another big thing, uh, from Matthew Kachuk's perspective is the fact that he can play in front of his father for 41 times a year because his father Keith Kachuk is living in St. Louis. Another thing that I think is interesting from Calgary's perspective is the fact that Vladimir Tarasenko still. Uh, very much wants to be traded away from St. Louis. This could be a good situation where the, the Flames could acquire Tarasenko and get him to sign a long-term deal. St. Louis gets, a, a you know, obviously the best case scenario getting a guy like Matthew Kachuk to which they can sign him to a long-term deal, and Kachuk can help St. Louis continue to be ultra-competitive while playing in front of his family and even some of his friends as well. So that makes uh, a ton of sense from that perspective. I didn't put it in my script, but I'll, I'll just mention it here. With Vegas, considering what they've just done over the last couple of days, move, finally being able to move Mets, Pacioretty's contract and moving some contracts around, I would not be surprised if they were able to find a way to get Matthew Kachuk and sign him to a long-term deal. Because at the end of the day, what is Vegas trying to do? They're trying to win now. And that would be a team where Kachuk could go there. And, you know, he's a star player in his own right, but he's not the only one there. You still have the, the, the you still have the future of seeing a guy like Jack Eichel play his first full season there. Guys like Mark Stone as well. Um, you know, they just re-signed Riley Smith uh, and guys like that. So they still have that main core of guys uh, there long term. And Matthew Chuck could obviously go to a high-flying place like Vegas and play for a team with a new head coach, obviously, Um And try to go win that, you know, elusive Stanley Cup that they've been trying to get to. They've been trying to win since they fell short in the 2018 Stanley Cup finals. So that that to me is like a sneaky team that I think could definitely find some way, which they've done before, find some way to make it work. And then we talk about the New Jersey Devils. And and once again recently, you know, over the last like two years, when you talk about a star player, a top free agent, the Devils are going to be mentioned because of the cap space and what they need and everything like that and helping this team take the next step. Now for the Devils, just telling you guys right off the bat, anybody who's a Devils fan that listens to my podcast, you already know what I'm going to say. Like nothing I'm about to tell you is news. Uh, exciting on court. The was a proven they're not afraid to spend money considering the amount of money they gave Dougie Hamilton and the money that they were able to, the money that they offered to sign Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, age wise, he fits in right with the team. He could actually be more of a, a veteran type player. I don't know if people consider him a leader, um, but obviously he could be a leader on this team as well. Another factor that could be in effect here is that general manager Tom Fitzgerald is also a cousin of Matthew Kachuk. And I'm sure that they've talked in the past and have met up before many a times. I don't know how much of that would play a factor in everything. I also do know that two of the devil's prospects, I think one of them might be Seamus Casey. Um, their agent is the same agent that Matthew Kachuk has. So that could be obviously a factor as well. Um, And the other thing that we should mention is this, the devils did offer the second overall pick back just before the NHL draft started to Calgary for Matthew Kachuk, and the Flames said no. And I think the reason why they said no now looking forward to where we are now is that I think the Flames, number one, I think they still felt confident they could re-sign Johnny Gaudreau, and number two, I think they still felt very confident they could get a deal done with Matthew Kachuk also. So there's all of that. But obviously now things have changed, and maybe the Devils do go back to Calgary and try to offer a deal. Now, I asked a lot of you guys to give me a mock trade. A lot of you guys were pretty much on the same uh, length when it came to what the dev- what you guys would want to offer um, the Flames. Uh, Alexander Holtz makes a lot of sense, although I think that we shouldn't give up on him too soon with him having barely played in the NHL. Damon Severson, who's on an expiring contract, although I don't know why Calgary would be comfortable trading for a guy in an expiring contract unless they feel like they could sign him long-term, a first-round pick, and also some of you guys threw in a couple other picks as well, which I think is fair, especially if Calgary decides that they're not going to retool and more or less rebuild, but I think they will retool more than rebuild, considering Daryl Sutter's still there and some of the other uh, parts of that core is still there. and hasn't been moved just yet. Um, I know also some of you brought in Jesper Bratt, and to be quite honest with you, if the Devils do acquire Matthew Kachuk, I think Jesper Bratt ends up being in that deal because the money just wouldn't there just wouldn't be enough money to go around to give a new deal to Matthew Kachuk as well as a new deal to Jesper Bratt. And I think because the Devils value Jesper Bratt so much and have really really been trying and hammering to get a deal done with Jesper Bratt, I think that they are going to lean much more focusing on that because they also still have to sign uh, RFA's uh, Miles Wood, uh, Tyce Thompson, also. Um, and so I think a lot of the money, which is about $9 million right now, I think a lot of it will end up going to those guys and we'll get close to the salary cap, um, you know, line right there by the time the season starts. Um, so that's that's that. But obviously, you never know what could happen. The Devils could obviously also may potentially get Matthew Kuchuk for a lesser deal than what people are expecting him to get. But I think and this is not about me saying the Devils fans, don't get your hopes up like always. It's more of just you have to look at it realistically and you have to look at Uh, The fact that the Devils, while they do have the money to do this and they could certainly move some things around, I don't think Tom Fitzgerald is is willing fully to do it. Especially also because none of the reports that have come out have said anything about the Devils having any interest from Matthew Kachuk. Um, And so I think that that could be a factor as well. If Matthew Kachuk doesn't have a whole lot of interest in coming here, then again, just like with Johnny Gaudreau, there's no reason to go after the guy. Um, but I wanted to mention it because, again, the fit makes a lot of sense, and there's a lot of really good positive things to it. General, And obviously, we do have an in with Fitzgerald being a cousin of Matthew Kachuk, um, and the Devils did also make an offer before. I know the Blues also made an offer that the Flames said no, so who knows what ends up happening. They, he, he could get a huge, a huge package, or it could be like the Alex break it situation where he actually doesn't end up getting a whole lot in return for whatever reason but once again devils are rumored for a big time player and all we could do is just kind of sit around and wait and see what happens